Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Living Victory Podcast. My name is Christian Conway. As always, I'm joined by my two main men, Jonathan Krause and Max Keen. What's going on today, boys? Not much. I guess the question now is, who's going to be your best man at your wedding? If we're your two main men, then it's, it's got to be one of us. <laughs> You'll have two best men. We'll just cut, we'll cut ourselves in half, Max. And sew yourselves together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think I'd, I'd prefer to have like an obstacle course that I put together. And then whoever wins the obstacle course gets to be my best man. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Competition. Love it. I guess I have to get it into shape in the next couple of years. <laughs> I don't know. When are you expecting me to get married? I mean, three months. <laughs> three months? Dang. That's that's intense. Three months. I guess I better <laughs> Wait, get ready. Listen to these podcasts, right? Yeah. Oh, sorry. You're going to be stuck <laughs> in this guy in three months. <laughs> All right. Well, that was. <laughs> Hey, you wanted so, a real intro. That was a real intro. <laughs> so weddings yeah. and love is a matter of the heart, which is what we will yes. be talking about today. <laughs> what a transition. See, that was a perfect transition. As you guys can tell, we are professional podcasters. We make transitions look easy. So easy. <laughs> After years of studying and experience, this is what we've come to. Yes. <laughs> There's nobody like it on the internet. You'd be hard-pressed to find another Christian podcast for teens that intros by talking about people getting married and then transitions it (laughs) to the heart just as smoothly as that. And obstacle courses and, yes, all of that. All in the first three (laughs) minutes of the podcast. You guys are very lucky. Our cohesive conversation is pretty romantic, if I do say so myself. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, getting into it, uh, like Max said, today we're going to be talking about the heart. And... When you talk about the heart, there's a lot of things to talk about, a lot of different things to mention. There's so many aspects. There's no way that we could cover it all in one episode. But really what we want to do in this episode is we want to take a 30,000-foot view of what the Bible says about the heart and how the Bible describes the heart and what the Bible says, like how the Bible says that we can analyze our hearts and then what the Bible says that we can do about our hearts and how we can fix them and how we can align them more to God. So we're going to be, as always, diving into the scriptures and just looking at what the Bible says about our hearts and how we can fix our hearts to God and glorify him with everything we do with our hearts. So obviously, we have to start off with the overarching big question. What do we mean by the heart? Because obviously, when you read the Bible, most of the time it, by heart, it's not referring to the really bloody thing that's inside of your chest. When we're putting a definition on the heart, it's kind of difficult because of how many aspects of you know, your being that are really included when the heart is referenced, especially in the Bible. But then when we're going to be talking about on this podcast, we want to be clear about what we mean by, you know, our definition of the heart. When we say heart, what are we actually, what are we referring to? Um, Really, I think this stems down to the heart is where the essence of your being as a person is found. And Please don't get this confused with the soul because the soul and the heart are different. They're two different things. And the soul has more to do with 
eternity and your eternal being while the heart has to do with your earthly being. And so what do I mean by essence of being? Well, that sort of stems from your morality as a person. So God's morality, his standard of morality is written on our hearts. So we have God's standard of morality, whether or not we can live up to it. And then each person's individual heart always has their will and their motives and sort of their individuality ingrained upon that as well. So the heart is sort of a mix of your emotions, your will, uh, and then the morality that God has written upon our hearts and what we know is right or wrong based off God's standard. And so as you said, with you know the heart being basically who we are, God created us all different. But one thing that we'll find is our heart is supposed to be lined up with how God wants us to live. And he wants to use our unique talents that he's given us to glorify him. He wants us to use our hearts to bring him glory if we're in Christ. And one thing that we'll find is the heart can be used for either good or evil. If we're using it for ourselves, it's on the evil side. If we're using it to glorify God, if we're in Christ, if we're saved, then we can do good things through Christ. So as we're going into it to look at what the Bible says about the heart, let's just look at a couple of verses where the Bible describes what the heart is in and of itself before God steps in and starts to change it. Uh, Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? And then Matthew 15, 19, Jesus says, Out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. So if you look at these things, the heart is a terrible, earthly, sinful being within us. And the heart is a part of our fallen nature and a part of our sinful nature. And so it has all of these terrible, sinful um, you know, habits within it. And it's up to us to give our hearts over to God, to allow him to change them from the inside out, because the heart is the center of your being. And it's like the uh, the rudder that guides the ship of your life, and it guides you everywhere you're going to go, and it guides you in all the actions that you take. And so if you just allow your heart to sit in its sinful nature without doing anything to it or without allowing God to work on it, then it's going to lead you into sinful acts and sinful desires and greed and, and all these different things that the Bible warns us against. But it's not until you give your heart to God that he is able to start working through it and changing it. And then once your heart has been transformed by God, then that's when your, your actions will start to reflect that. And I think a great representation of this is Matthew 15, 8. Because a lot of people, when they think about the heart, they think that they can change their actions and then their heart will change as a result of that. But in Matthew 15, 8, Jesus says, these people honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. So just because somebody is giving lip service to God or saying things that they feel like they should say in the moment doesn't mean that their heart is in the right place. And I think there's a great quote that comes from C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity about this. And it talks about how somebody's actions in certain circumstances can reflect the way that their heart is, but it's only in very specific circumstances that you can truly see somebody's heart come out through their actions. And these two circumstances that he's talking about are circumstances in which you prepare for and then circumstances which you do not prepare for. Because anybody can regardless of where their heart is, can prepare for something and know that they are going to have to be nice to this group of people or know that they're going to have to be you know, on top of their game uh, at this certain day at this certain time in order to appear as though 
they're in the right place and their hearts in the right place. But C.S. Lewis says, what a man does when he has taken off his guard is the best evidence for what sort of man he is. Because it's those moments that you don't plan for. Those moments that you're not sure what's going to come next. And when something comes that takes you, takes you off guard, the way you respond to that is a true representation of where your heart is. And it's a true representation of whether your heart is being transformed by God or whether your heart is still in the earthly um, sinful nature that it came with. So it's up to us as Christians to give our hearts to God. And we'll go into this deeper into the episode and talk about what it means to give your heart to God and how we can allow God to begin working on our hearts in our lives to change them and what this means practically for us. But really, it's not until you start to allow God into your heart and allow him to start changing you from the inside out and changing your heart that you can start to have that renewed heart and renewed mind that God gives us. That way, our actions in every circumstance can reflect the new heart that God has put within us. And going back to what you said at the beginning of all that you said, Christian, where you can say that you're in Christ, you can say things, you can do things, but if your heart isn't in the right place, then you aren't truly going to be saved. I was reading a book over the semester, my first semester of um, college, called The Reformed Pastor. And in it, it talked about how even pastors, even people in ministry, they can say all these great things, they can do all these great things, but even at times, they're there are some pastors who their heart isn't in the right place and they're not truly in the faith. And that's a crazy reality to think that even some people who may look amazing on the outside end up, you know, going to hell in the future. And that's, that's why the heart is so important is because everything flows from the heart in our lives, all of our being, as Jonathan said. And if our heart's not in the right place, then that's not a good place to be in. Our heart should be humbled before God, looking up to him, knowing that we can't do it on our own, knowing that it's by his grace that we can do things for his kingdom and not for our own glory, but for his. And sort of to rebound or not to rebound, but sort of to jump on top of, you know, or build on top of what Christian and Max have both been saying, talking about the heart is really so important because your thoughts and your words and your actions and really everything that everyone else sees, it all stems from your heart and from your motives and from your will and what's on the inside. And therefore, really so many of the things that you do in your life that you're not proud of or things that you do that are sin, they stem from your heart and they come from your heart. So really reflecting on your heart and analyzing your heart and analyzing where you know, the core of the problem in your life is really your heart. And so we want to go to that. We want to attack the center of the problem, which is why it's so important that we want to talk about, you know, this and talk about your heart and how your heart is so, uh, it's, it's the hardest, it's, it's really hard to put a definition on. It's, it's hard to talk about too, because of how complex it really is. And we know that without Christ, our heart is evil. It is wicked by nature because of the fallen nature that is in us uh, due to Adam and Eve sinning and ultimately passing down sin through the generation. So when we are originally born, our heart is evil and it cannot be made good. It cannot be made right without Jesus Christ and his saving grace and him instilling the Holy Spirit on our hearts and in our lives to change it. And it's like, 
uh, I mentioned a couple podcasts ago that our lives are like a house and we have different rooms in our house that make up our personalities and everything. But really our heart is the house, if you think about it. And there's different rooms in our hearts and we don't want to lock off any rooms to Jesus. We want to make sure that he has access to our entire heart so that he is not limited in his working in us. And so this entire episode so far, we've been talking about the heart and how the heart starts off bad and then it becomes good. And it's, it's, it's really the center of your being and it determines the things that you do. And Jesus offered a really good way to analyze the position of your heart at the current moment. And like Jonathan was saying, it's up to each one of us to reflect on our heart and to take that moment for ourselves and to really look on the inside to see what types of things our hearts are calling us to do. And Jesus, so like I said, in Luke chapter six, verses 43 to 45, Jesus said this, for no good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. For figs are not gathered from the thorn bushes, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of his evil treasure produces evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So there are two really good points in this. The first one is that you can determine where your heart is by looking at the fruit that you produce. Because the example that he uses is a tree. You could tell what type of tree it is based on the fruit. So if it if it has apples, then it's an apple tree. If it has bananas, then it's a banana tree. And it's the same way with ourselves. If you're constantly putting out good fruit, and by fruit, he's referring to your actions. If you're constantly um, doing things that are glorifying to God and doing things in, in alignment with what God calls you to do, then you can tell that your heart is moving toward God and that God is working on you from the inside. But if you're constantly doing these sinful things and bad things and you're constantly find yourself without your motivation and your desires and goals aligned with those of God, then that's a way that you can tell that there might be something that needs to be addressed on your inside. Because like we've been saying, everybody's heart starts off bad and it's up to us to allow God to work on the inside and to work on us. So if we don't allow him to start to work on our hearts, then our hearts are going to stay in that bad place at which they started. So this is one, one really good litmus test that you can use for your own heart to see where you think your heart is uh, at a given moment. And sometimes it's hard for you yourself to see what type of fruit you're bearing because to you, you know all the good and bad that you bear. You know the good things you do and the bad things. So it's hard to sort through those things. And one thing that I found really helpful for myself is to get wisdom and advice from those people that, I, that are closest to me. So whether it's people you live with or people that you see a lot, like very often, because like I said earlier from the C.S. Lewis quote, it's really what you do in those moments that you're not expecting when you're caught off guard. It's what you do in those moments that can show truly where your heart is. And the people who know you best in those moments are the people who live with you. Because let's be honest, guys, if you live with somebody, there's going to be times that they see the best of you. And then there's going to be times that they see the worst of you. And so for me, myself, it would be my family, it'd be my parents and my siblings that I would go to and ask and say, what type of fruit do you see me bearing? Do you think that I'm bearing good fruit? Do you think that I'm bearing bad fruit? In which ways do you think I can, I can improve my fruit? So getting people that are close to you to help you analyze the fruit that you're producing can help you get a really good gauge on where your heart is and how you can better allow God to come in and to work through you. Another thing, you know, going on with the fruit, another application that I've done in my life is, you know, we talk about the fruit and often we talk about the fruit of the spirit, Galatians, I believe 622 or something like that, you know, talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, etc. Um, looking at all those different qualities that we have 
and the fruit that we bear if we have the Spirit in us. And if we have those things, we should be living in accordance with those. And one thing that I've done is, you know, go through the list. One day I work on, okay, how can I love people the way Christ loved people? Another day is how can I find joy in all that God has blessed me with? How can I have peace knowing that God is in control in all these things? And looking at your life by those standards and God has given us many blessings through the Holy Spirit. In Romans 6.22, we see that the fruit that we get leads to sanctification and ultimately eternal life. If we're living for Christ through the Holy Spirit and using the power that he's given us, then ultimately we're going to be living in a way that's honoring to God. We're going to be growing in our faith. We're going to be seeking after him. We're going to be pursuing him and doing things that are honoring to him. And so looking at yourself, looking at the way the Holy Spirit has impacted you can also be a good way to test yourself and see how well your heart is flowing in a new life that God has given us. The hardest questions in life are the why questions. And I think that's why analyzing the heart is really so difficult at times is because you really have to analyze the why motives behind why you do what you do. And I know for me personally, I've been asking myself a lot of why questions lately. And it could really just be as simple as why do I get out of bed in the morning? You know, what is my actual reason for going about my day? And like, what is my driving reason, I guess you could say for living life? And obviously, you can give the stereotypical church answers for questions like the why questions. Uh, Like I get out of bed because I want to, you know, live my day for God. That's what I want to do. But you know, really, you want to go deep and analyze your heart and see, is that really is the stereotypical church answer the actual reason that you do things? Or is it, you know, more complex than that? Is it deeper than that? So really asking yourself why questions going deeper into who you are, your motives behind things, I think is a really great way to analyze your heart and really what's behind um, you as a person and how God has made you unique and made your heart unique. And I think ultimately everyone, you know, has a common goal of pursuing God in everything they do. And ultimately the, the highest desire of your heart should be for holy communion with the father. Cause I think that is really the essence of sanctification as Christians is becoming one with the father. And you can see that in, in Philippians 3, um, when Paul talks about how he counts everything as loss for the sake of knowing Christ. And ultimately, his goal is pursuing Christ and coming to a place where he knows Christ. And we can see this in Philippians 3, where Paul talks about how he counts everything that he thought was gain in his life as loss for the sake of knowing Christ, that knowing Christ is the ultimate goal in life. And I think that should be the overarching goal in every Christian's life. But we should also ask ourselves these why questions and find out the motives behind our hearts uh, so we can understand ourselves better and we can understand our flaws better and like the meaning behind those flaws and the whys behind those. And that's a great that's a great way to look at the inside of you, to ask yourself those why questions, to think, why am I doing these things? Because like we've been saying this entire episode, the heart is at the center of you. So everything that you do 
finds its root in the heart. And whatever you're prioritizing in your life, that is going to be reflected in the actions of your heart. And it, it comes out in that verse where Jesus says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also in Matthew 6, 21. Just because our hearts are so reflective of the things that we prioritize in our lives that really all you have to do is you have to look at, in order to find where your treasure is, you have to look at where your heart is. But like we've said earlier, to find where your heart is, you have to look at your actions. And that's where you can tell what it is that you truly prioritize in your life and also where you can tell where your heart is. Because people, like Jonathan said, who put God first in their life, and if God is the reason why you do the things that you do, then that'll be clear in your heart and clear in your actions. It'll be clear that God is where you put your treasure. But if your treasure is in earthly things, whether that's money or fame or comfort or you know anything like that, if your treasure is there, it'll be clear because your actions won't necessarily be to glorify God, but they'll be to accomplish whatever that earthly goal is that you have. And we're not saying that these things are bad, that it's bad to have comfort or that it's bad to have some money because God does bless people with those things during their time on earth. But really what it comes down to is what is your main motivation? If your main motivation for everything you do is to glorify God and then money and comfort may or may not come in on the side, then that's perfectly fine. But if your main motivation is to be comfortable in life and you're only going to glorify God when it's comfortable for you, and even if God calls you to do something specifically out of your comfort zone, but you back up and you say, no, I don't want to do that because that's outside of my comfort zone, then it's clear that you're putting your, your own earthly comfort, your own creature comforts over God's calling for your life. And that's when you start to get problems because that's when you can see that comfort or money or whatever it is, is actually coming before God. So you, a lot of people many Christians in, in the United States have all these things. They have comfort, they have money, they have God in their lives. But really it's when those things start to come against one another and start to clash with one another. That's when you can tell where somebody's heart truly is. When it comes to deciding between following God's calling for your life and comfort or following God's calling for your life and money, when it comes to deciding between those things, you can watch the decision that you make or that somebody else makes. And that's when you can truly tell where their heart is and I think that's really what Jesus meant when he said that where your treasure is, that is where your heart will be also, because you can just see based on the decisions that people make, you can see where their heart is. And then based off that, you can see where they're putting their priorities in their lives. And like God calls us to do, or like Jesus calls us to do, he calls us to love God with our hearts, soul, mind, and strength. And if you love God with all of your heart, then God will take that, that throne in your heart. He will take the number one spot in your heart and everything else will become secondary. Everything else will fall to the wayside when you seek after God and seek to glorify him in everything that you do. And I think another thing going along the lines of what Christian said, you know, money and comfort, they could get in the way. But another thing that I found a lot that gets in the way is even the approval of other people where people can live their life and instead of, or well, it may look like they may be glorifying God, but really they're just putting on that mask of I'm living to for God so that other people can look at me and say, oh, wow, they're living for God. Or I'm doing all these great things, quote unquote, for God. But in your heart, it can really be for other people to look at and give you credit rather than giving God credit. And so many times, I mean, us people, we judge from the outside, we 
look at people and we judge them by their actions. But in 1 Samuel 16, 7, we find that God looks at the heart. So in this situation, whether you're looking to please God or please man, are you working on your heart? Are you working on the things of your heart? Are you trying to fill things with your heart that are pleasing to God? Or are you trying to live in a way that can please others, that can show other people how great you are? And in Acts, a lot of the times we see the apostles, you know, they're before a council or a Sanhedrin or some group of authority. And oftentimes they'll say, no, we're not going to do what you're telling us to because we have to please God, because we have to do the things that God wants us to do. And in our lives, are we doing things to please God or are we doing things to please man? And that can come from the heart as well, What who we want to please. So now that we've talked about what, the heart is when we're born. And then we also talked about how we can analyze where our heart is based on our actions. Now we want to look into what the Bible tells us we can do and the commands that Jesus gives us on how we can take action to change our hearts for God. And so there are a couple great Bible verses that touch on this exact point. The first one is one that we mentioned earlier, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. If we love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, then he is going to take that number one spot in our hearts. He's going to take that priority. And all of the actions that we take and everything that we do um, in any circumstance, whether we're caught off guard or not, whether we're planning on, on something or not, we're going to reflect our love for God and our passion for God in what we do. And I think this bleeds into every aspect of your life because some some people try to compartmentalize their life into, you know, God gets Sundays and Wednesday nights, and then, you know, work gets Monday through Friday from nine to five, and then this gets this and this gets this. But if you truly love God, and if God is that number one, if he has that number one spot in your heart, then your life isn't compartmentalized because God bleeds into it all. You don't have God only in this corner or only in that corner, but God goes into all of it. And this, this also leads into the second um, set of verses that command us on how we can align our hearts to God. And this isn't a single verse, but it's it's more a set of verses that all come together and you can see how they overlap with one another. And those come from Psalm 119. So as you may know, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible. It's actually 176 verses. And what it is, is it's really a song from the heart of the psalmist saying how much they love God and love his word and seek after his word and abide in his word and store up his word in their heart. And so I took out four verses from this psalm just to show how we are called to use our hearts to glorify God in every action that we take. So these excerpts that I'm going to take are from verses 2, 10, 11, and 34 from Psalm 119. And verse 2 says, Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart. Verse 10 says, With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. In verse 11 it says, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. And then in verse 34, it says, give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. So each one of these these verses talk about our heart. It's where you're seeking God with our heart. We're storing up his word in our heart. We're observing his law with our heart. And really, that's what it comes down to is that it's so we've been talking about how you use your heart to seek God. But now we're talking about how when you're seeking God, 
it's important that you use your heart because it's possible to seek after God and to read his word and to dive into his word and just to, to, you know, learn about God without engaging your heart. It's possible to do that. You can just go intellectually and read the Bible and just, you know, what do these words mean and yada, yada, yada. But really God calls us to use our heart when we're seeking after him and to use our heart when we're trying to learn more about him. And I think that's, that's a great difference because somebody who goes into God's word, but doesn't really engage their heart is not really getting the full experience of God's word that he wants us to get because God's word is a living, breathing, life-changing book. The Bible has so many great lessons that we can learn, but really it's not until you start to read it and to understand it with your heart that you can apply it to your life and see how God calls us to glorify him by following his commandments. But when you go into God's word with your heart, you the words that you're reading, they seep into your heart and and the things that you meditate on are what really becomes stored up in your heart. And so there's that Bible verse that we that we quoted earlier, Luke 6:45. It says, "Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks." And so what that means is that the things that you're constantly putting into your heart, the whether it's the television that you're watching, the books that you're reading, the music that you're listening to, whatever it is, the things that you're constantly putting into your mind, that's what's going to fill up your heart. And then the mouth speaks out of the overflow of your heart. So whatever you're, you're filling your heart with, as that overflows, it starts to come out of your mouth. And so similar to looking at your actions, another thing that we can look at to see where our heart is, is the words that we're saying and whether those words are loving and kind and in alignment with what God calls us to, to show to other people, or whether those words are constantly tearing people down and you know pointing out people's weaknesses and things like that. So when you read God's word and you pour your entire heart into it, then God's word starts to fill up your heart. And that's what begins to fill your heart. And then when the overflow comes out of your mouth, the things from God's word, the you know love and patience, the fruits of the spirit that Max was talking about earlier, those are what starts to come out of your mouth. And that's the natural reaction that you have to things. And that's really the moment at which you can tell that your heart is being transformed by God. I really love what you were talking about there. And I, this kind of brings me back to uh, a class that I took in school and it was a computer science class and it was about uh, C++ programming. And essentially what my professor said was, if you put garbage into the computer, the computer is only going to give you garbage out. And I think that also kind of applies really to what you're putting in your life, what you're putting in your mind, what you're putting in your heart. If it's garbage, the output from that is also going to be garbage. And this can also be used in a way to analyze where your heart is by looking at what you're putting in to your heart and into your life. Am I watching a bunch of shows and, you know, Netflix and, and listening to songs that are um, really have, you know, suspect meanings and that they, they really don't have a lot of moral value to them? Are we constantly storing God's word in our heart? What are you putting into your heart? And how is that affecting the output? Because really, I don't think people realize how much things like the music they watch, the, the TV shows that they watch, the movies they watch, the um, the TikToks that they watch these days, if you want to go into you know what's popular these days. I don't think people realize how much that those things really affect the way your heart, you know, the directions that your heart takes. And then ultimately that will come out in your thoughts and then the you know, that will come out in your words and your mouth. Um, and we know from the James passage how hard the the mouth or the tongue is to tame, you know, how hard it is to tame your words. 
and how easy it is to be unfiltered. But we know that really what comes out of the mouth is from the heart. So that means that the heart is truly difficult to tame. And so I think we really need to be diligent in what we are putting into ourselves because that really affects what is being outputted and that really affects how we positively affect other people. Because if we're putting garbage into ourselves and garbage is coming out, we're not being effect we can't be effectively used by God because we we are essentially how should I say this? Just like a computer, if there's only garbage in the computer, you can't use the computer to as an instrument for good for the benefit of others. And I think if our hearts are not in the right place, we can't be as effectively used by God for the kingdom of God. And it's it's affecting our relationship with God, and it can even affect the relationship of God with other people and your relationships with other people as well. So really, it needs to be a daily practice to focus on putting quality things into your heart. And, I, you know, it's it's different for everyone. Because I know that some music out there is just really good and some TV shows are just really good, but they have questionable things in them. And so it, it can be difficult to really jump fully into putting only wholesome things into your life. But I think at the end of the day, what are we really doing here on earth? Are we here to listen to good pop music and, and watch good TV shows? I'm just using those as examples, by the way. But I think ultimately it should be a, a huge priority in our lives to store the things that are quality like God's word. I mean, you can't get more quality than God's word, storing things like that in your heart so that you can be a better instrument and tool for God's purposes. So like we said at the beginning of this episode, there are so many different aspects of the heart and it would have been impossible for us to cover it all in one you know, 30 to 40 minute episode. But Today, we just wanted to kind of give an overview of what the Bible says about the heart, uh, what it is, how God works through it, and then how we ourselves can look into our own hearts to see where our lives are. Because the heart is the center of your being, and everything you do is derived from what you put into your heart. So we have three applications from today's episode that we've talked about that will really allow you to look into your heart to see where it is, and then to start allowing God to work through it. So the first application we have is to just Take a moment, whether that is a minute or five minutes or whatever, just to reflect on your heart, to look deeper inside of you, to see what your thoughts are, to see what your actions are. And like the verses that we've quoted today, they say that your actions and your words can both reflect what's being put into your heart. So you can take a moment just to sit back and to look and think about what it is that is coming out of your heart on a daily basis. And like one recommendation that I gave was to ask those closest to you to see what they have to say about the fruit that you're bearing or about the words that you're saying and how those can reflect your heart. Because sometimes some of the problems that you have that you can't see, those closest to you can see. And it's, it's great to have them help you bring those things to your attention. The second application that we have is to ask the why questions. To ask, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I saying these things? Why am I doing these actions? Is it because your main motivation is God and God is that main inspiration in your life, that he has that number one spot in your heart? Is that why you're doing everything that you do? Or is there another reason? Is there something else that takes that number one spot in your heart that replaces God and takes his rightful place in your heart? And really by looking at your actions and then asking these questions about why you do those things, it can be a great litmus test for where your heart is and to see 
how how much God is working in your heart every day. And finally, this this third application is what we've just finished talking about is that those things that you put into your heart, that's ultimately what's going to come out in your words and your actions. And that's how people are going to see what's truly in your heart. So if you're constantly putting in worldly influences into your heart, then it's just a matter of time before you start to act those things and say those things in your own life. But if you go into God's word, if you dive into God's word with your heart, like he calls us to, if you dive into the scriptures and the the amazing truths that are in God's word with your heart, that's when you can see life transforming heart change because your heart is constantly in a state of change. It's constantly changing based on what you're putting in, based on the things that you're reading, the things that you're exposing yourself to. And it's just a matter of whether you're exposing yourself to things that are controlled by the world and things that are glorifying the world, or whether you're exposing yourself to things that are glorifying to God. So with these three applications, reflecting on your heart, asking the why questions, and being careful of what you're putting into your heart. These three applications are a great way to analyze your heart, to see where your heart's at, and then to start changing it for God and to start changing it in the way that he calls us to change it in his word. And we offered this overview today just so you guys can start taking that first step to see where your heart is and how you can change it to more glorify God in every action, every word that you speak, every day, every breath that you take, every move that you make. So we just want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. Uh, As always, you guys can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Living Victory Podcast. You can find us on our website at livingvictorypodcast.com. If you want to get in touch with us, you can use, you know, Instagram or Facebook, or you can email questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can email comments, suggestions, questions, anything you have to that email. Uh, You can also email an individual host, Christian, Jonathan, or Max at livingvictorypodcast.com. And we want to hear from you guys. We want you guys to give us your feedback. We want you guys to let us know how we can make the uh, podcast more interesting, more beneficial to you, any topic recommendations that you have for us. And we also want to know different resources that you guys think we can offer you to help you in your walks with Christ, to help you um, become stronger in your faith, and to help you just pursue Christ every day. Because that's really, that's what it's all about. We are here to glorify God in everything we do. We're here to pursue Christ in every move that we make. And we want you guys to do the same. We want to equip you with everything that we can to help you grow in Christ and to help you learn to follow after him and to glorify him in everything that you do. So we, once again, want to thank you guys for listening to this episode. And as always, love each other and shine your light.